Breaking the Panel, episode 213. This is the hard-to-find Japanese edition of your favorite comic book right now, right here. I'm Charles McFall, trying to steer this ship away from the iceberg. Riding with me, Shotgun is John Snow himself, Paul Klotz. Yo. Elliot, that's the name of the kid I was thinking of. Elliot himself, Chris Wisdom. <laughs> I didn't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> and this part, save the best for last, hopefully. Phil is going to run this one. So, you know, the, the what you call yourself? What Phil kind of- Connors? It's me, Ned. <laughs> Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Am I? Did I have a stroke? I feel like we're in fucking Groundhog's Day. <laughs> I've heard that intro song so many times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can work no, it out. We don't have to play it every time. We'll figure no, it out. No, no, it's great. I it really helps with the uh, with my psychosis. <laughs> so here's the deal, right? We're all in lockdown, and and we're trying to find different things to do to spend our time. So I have taken it upon myself to bring the child through the stages of the original Reef? trilogy of star Wars. He's got to bring the okay. gun show out, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we have star Wars books that I read him every night and, and, you know, he's got his Lego star Wars kit kits and all that. But like we sat down this week and we watched empire for the first time. And when I read him, these books, these children's book with, with, that like recaps the movies or any of that i always leave out the the reveal that happens in empire because i think it's it's pretty important turning point in 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 a childhood's life to find out that darth vader is luke luke skywalker's father so we sat down and we watched it and he was like yeah this is i'm pretty into this with the, the speeders and and whatnot and during the bespin scene I got a deadpan turnaround shock face. What the heck? What? That's, that's no. And I said, no, it's true. That's, but he's a bad guy and he's a good guy. And it was great because Uh. I got to then re-experience these movies through the eyes of the child. Right. And so right when empire was done, he was like, well, I mean, is there more? And I was like, (laughs) Yeah, there's there's about two two or three more we can watch. One more. There's there's one more. There's just one. So, so then we put, one. We, we put on Jedi, one. right? We put on Jedi, and and the magical thing about Jedi is that it's it's a really action packed movie, and I never really got to think about that until I sat down with the child because like it starts out with a bang, right? And he's stimulated the shit in Jabba's palace, and he's seeing all these weird creatures that have never been been introduced before and then the 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 battle with the andorians and in, in the galactic empire it's just it was a great experience from front to back and he was he was just stoked about it and it really really resonated with me to get to have another point of view on something that i have seen thousands of times right my earliest memory of star wars is being at the Keating family reunion down in Long Beach Island, New Jersey. It's a beach party that they have every Labor Day. And I would stay inside and I would just watch the Star Wars VHSs from start to finish until it was time to go home. Because I didn't have them at home. And this was my yearly tradition, right? This was my vacation. Fuck the beach. I'm watching Star Wars, (laughs) right? And... You know, that's that's my earliest memory and the point where 
my my uncle who owns the house said, you know what? Take them, take them home with you, because you're putting them through more use than than my kids ever did. So, you know, and that's where my joy in my life of 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 jo- enjoying this property, you know, started, flourished, blossomed, really into all the toys and 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 we were talking earlier about video games like star wars video games were a big part of my life but before we get into that i want to know what is it about star wars that that you guys enjoy you know from the the legendary collection that used to be canon to the comic book series to fan art you know even today i saw mind-blowing pieces of fan art that i was just like that's a fucking res uh, it's it's such a beautiful mural piece that it should be on the side of a bitchin van going 88 miles per hour down the streets like that's how much that artwork was so dope so i just wanted to see what 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 you guys have gotten out of it through the years and what what have you enjoyed and we're not talking about your points of view of it now or, or, or any kind of negativity about it, because I think there's enough of that bullshit on the internet. And I want to just hear about your own personal stories and what is special to you about this IP. You, you guys know me. I'd like to hear your guesses. What you think my favorite parts are. Chewbacca. Oh yeah. As a kid, Chewbacca was boss. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. kind of like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Uh, the d- d- Max Rebo. You're kind of Max no, Rebo ish. No, no, no. I figured Chris would drop the one in. dancer. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, the one dancer. No, not, right, not, hold on, hold not on. Ula. I got it. I got it. I got it. You're you're kind of you remind me of the the, the guy who owned the Rancor a little bit. Yeah, he <laughs> was so sad. He broke my heart. He was so the Rancor sad. died. He was so sad. I figured Chris would come in with Jar Jar Banks. Uh, which honestly, the first time I saw him, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I think that actor's had enough shade cast at him to be associated <laughs> with you. Is I didn't say what I was like, what you thought I would like about it. That's what. Um, yeah, you know, all those parts are right. But my favorite absolutely was the the battle on Hoth, where you first get to see the ATATs and ATSTs, and 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 grab your legs, everybody. You know, it was uh, Emily. I saw a name Emily. She's got Rancor Keepers, my dude. I had him. He, I had that figure in my collection, him and the Gamarian Guard, man. I didn't have the Rancor. Yeah, because he was 25 cents. Nobody wanted him. Yeah. You know what? I picked up everybody when that shit was 25 cents. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, that, then the Ewoks, right? Who doesn't love the Ewoks? That was that was. You solid. know, I got a different point of view. Okay. Uh, this this last time watching it of of the Ewoks because everyone you know when when I was originally they're growing up there buggers. they were like nah f- these these goddamn teddy bears taken down in a galactic you know army that that couldn't happen and I was like yeah no Vietnam never happened you guys are right <laughs> you know that's not something that ever happened but we Did also you just know- imply the Vietnamese were teddy bears uh, well they <laughs> defeated the giant superpower of an army by using un, un, unnatural tactics Sticks of war. rocks. I mean, yeah. the, the Chinese president's basically Pooh Bear, so it's but, but also, <laughs> not much different, I mean, right? Those, those, those stormtroopers can't shoot worth shit anyway, so, like, what do you expect? It was the blasters. It's the blasters. It's been established. It has now, but back then it was not. No, uh, uh, yeah, yeah that, that was a... Paul, man, I'm curious, what was your, your favorite part? Uh, so, so, growing up, what pulled me in, you know, Simkin and Chet mentioned the hero's journey, you know, watching, cause you, you grow up with Luke, 
you see him start out as a farm boy who, you know, doesn't really know that much about the greater quote unquote world, the galaxy at large. And he just gets pulled into suddenly into the, the midst of this intergalactic conflict and he's in the center of it and he's just trying to navigate his way through it and then come to find out that he's a significant person in it all and you know it all comes together and yeah it's a little at this point it's all a little cliche but at the time you know when i was young when when i really gravitated to star wars as a as a teenager like a preteen in middle school i was like this is an incredible story because this is a yeah, he's a really important person with these superpowers and everything, but like he came from nothing. He was almost like a Superman-like story where he was raised by simple moisture farmers. And so he, even though he is destined to be this great thing, he came from humble origins. And I really always appreciated that. But then you layer on top, like you have the thinly veiled Asian mysticism and the whole, you know, the Jedi aspect where you're like, they're kind of like knights. They're kind of like samurai in a way. Uh, they're monks in another way. And then you've got the amazing technology. Like you, you mentioned the ATSTs and the ATATs and the, the starfighters and the capital starships are all incredible. And the the design, the visual design, the fact that they decided to go for like we're going to be evocative of World War Two, you know, fighters, dogfighters, but also like have it look futuristic and feel lived in as opposed to like say star trek which i also love which was always like super clean and everything was pristine and it was it was always super sterile right but the star wars universe was real it felt lived in so to me it felt like (laughs) the star wars universe was an actual conflict where the situation was bad enough for the average person that the rebellion made sense to me and so i got sucked in by all of that Sure. I thought it was, yeah. it was incredible. And and I remember that, that VHS that I got had a, a fourth tape, which was a behind-the-scenes unmaking. And that's really what I glommed onto real uh, real hard is because, you know, you get to see these these set product, uh, productions and, and building models and having – we got one shot at this because we can't blow it up twice mm-hmm. and we have no budget. So we got to really nail it. And, you know, just showing how they did the trench um, scene on, on Death Star 1 was was mind-blowing to me. And it opened up this whole yeah. different perspective. It's like, okay, no, I, I can see how they're doing this to the point where we would then take my father's uh, – you would think this is a boombox, but this is a video camera – and do old, you know, stop-go animation movies with, with the toys that we had – you know, mm-hmm. just scaled down because of what I learned off of that, that, that VHS. And, and the, you know, that, that resonates with me still, you know, how can we take something that people want to do, but do it just a little bit differently where the people say, huh? And that's why I value, you know, camera tricks other than, than CGIing it. You know, mm-hmm. if, if a director can mess with the perspective but do it all in camera, I'm, I'm sold. Chris, what about you, yeah. man? Well, I mean, you, you talk about the visual, but it just that, that, that make any time there's a Star Wars making of, especially when it's OT stuff, I, I am instantly sucked in and always have been. Uh, the sound design is the same. When you 
when you're following the sound guy with his headphones and his microphone on as he's showing how he was developing you know like the blaster the blaster sound and hitting the cable the the top cables on the power lines you know uh is all of those different things i mean what the ewok language was an amalgam an amalgamation of how many different languages run together Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 amazing what what these people came up with just 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 these throwaway things that so many other movies just had some generic answer for and they they really dove deep and gave you like an actual finished product something that they I mean, yeah they cared and it was and it, and it really added to what you were talking about that you know this space is lived in this is an actual a place, an actual reality. Um, you know, there's the, the concept that's, you know, those making ofs, it's always uh, used space is the concept that they were going for that George was trying to push because he would see things, you know, like like Star Trek or Buck Rogers or, or uh, you know, Flash Gordon and stuff was so sterile and shiny. It just, it was like, who walks on these floors, these these high gloss mirror <laughs> finished floors? Yeah. Um, because not everybody has a mouse droid or, or whatever keeps up that kind of shine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's it's it definitely it it added to uh, it was a nice base layer that everything else was built upon that really sucked you into the experience. You know, speaking to that, you know, you talk about the the sterile environments. That's what made the Empire so vibe jarring in comparison to the Rebellion, because those starships were pristine and sterile just like what you're talking about with star yeah. trek you know so yeah. like you mentioned the mouse droid i'm thinking of the, the shiny floors and the the stormtroopers themselves it was only really in the the new trilogy that we saw stormtroopers that looked dirty and you know what i mean like if they weren't dead in a pile somewhere they were pristine and mm-hmm. terrifying in the fact that they were pristine you know in the same way when we look back on like world war ii for example and we look at you know, the German armed forces and how pristine their uniforms were. And like, we saw that as intimidating because they looked like they had it all together all the time. It's the same thing there. The, they just looked like the, everything was perfect, you know, like ev- to every little detail. And then you have the rebellion who are like, they're using outdated starfighters that they've stripped all the paneling off of. Everything's greebled out the wazoo. You know, the, the, the best starfighter in the galaxy is a hunk of junk. A hunk of junk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, it, it just, it was different. And you look at the pilots and they're all wearing different jumpsuits. You know, they're wearing different helmets. Like they're not all from the same units or anything. They're in new units, but like it, it was ragtag. And that's, it's what set it apart. It made it look amazing and feel amazing and just feel completely different to everything else that had been done up to that point, at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. I, I just love, I just love the huge McDonald's sponsorship where we got the walking trash can in the Empire walking around that looks exactly like every McDonald's trash can you've ever seen even today. <laughs> you know, that was that was my favorite part. Um, do you like anything about the, the prequel trilogy? Um, Duel of Fates. I think Duel of Fates, the song, is wonderful. The, the character of Darth Maul, Darth Maul. is, is yeah. Yeah. incredible. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just the jaw drop of that second blade igniting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, because, you know, up to that point in comics, we'd seen that comics and, uh, and, and the EU, we'd, we'd read and somewhat seen it with XR Coon, but to see it in, you know, to, to light up on screen, that was a, entirely new. 
Yeah, I, I saw that at midnight at our local Regal on, on the night it dropped, and I couldn't be more excited, and I left that theater excited. You know, I was I was in eighth grade. It was the summer of eighth going into ninth grade, and, you know, I was so starved because for literally my entire life, I only had three movies, right? Mm-hmm. And it was an exciting time. I You know, I even went out and, and had the the re-release toys that they did with the giant sweeping mm-hmm. collection of ships and characters and it's funny because you know i mentioned to the kid he's like daddy where are all these these you know I, I want that action figure and i was like well we used to have it bud and so he's going like oh do you have him i was like well yeah i mean everyone had an admiral akbar man <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> right oh okay where is he i said well your, your grandma threw him out grandma (laughs) like well yeah no it's dax no we got we had him but you know again grandma so (laughs) and that's the thing like i would i would kill not to have my entire collection back because that it would be insane but like some of these toys that i collected over the years i've just i've become so fond of like the stylization of the ships paul that you were talking about of the the rebel alliance like an a-wing a-wing and y-wings are my favorite inner space uh, spaceships out there and then the snow speeder is my favorite land speeder like mm-hmm. those ships those three ships just resonate with me because to me they're aesthetically pleasing and and also you know kind of just thrown together with some glue and some used bubble gum and you know as a philly kid you know i'm used to having things just a little bit shitty and <laughs> and i loved it and I, I would kill just to have one of those that i could bring back into his life um, but it's funny. We've had really a Star Wars week here, right? Sure. After we went out and played hockey, we were looking for another ball because we lost it. And he opens up this toy chest that I took out of my parents' house before they moved. And it's got all my old Micro Machine Star Wars playsets. Oh, nice. Right? The ones that were heads that would open up or uh-huh. like the old yeah. Dagobah ones. And he's just like, what, what, is, what is all this? And I was like, oh, but you have no idea. You have no idea all the merchandise that grandma <laughs> threw away. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, what, what about, we talked about it a little bit, but the old video games. Does anybody have like a favorite Star Wars video game that they used to put in a lot of time into? Or, or even maybe not a lot of time, but you, you, uh, you enjoyed it so much? So my top two were probably Rogue Squadron on in on N64. Correct. And um, probably Battlefront on yep. Xbox. Xbox yeah. One? Yep. Yeah, those are good. Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. So I, I didn't, I got to play Battlefront a little bit um, in the, you know, the PlayStation uh, era. I think it was PS2, right? I can't remember. Yeah. It was I, Xbox. Some, I didn't own it. Somebody else did. I'd play it. I played it a few times with some other people, but I got to play Rebel Assault and X-Wing and TIE Fighter on PC as a kid. And they were really hard, really freaking hard but they were awesome. Uh, I, one of my favorite ships to this day is the tie phantom mm-hmm. that came out of those games and that storyline and just 
discovering, you know, starting out at the beginning and going through and finding out that it exists, that they have TIE fighters with cloaking technology in a setting that just generally doesn't have cloaking. Um, one of the happiest things that ever happened to me is when Fantasy Flight Games made the X-Wing game um, back in 2012. They, in like very early in the first year or two, they released the TIE Phantom as a as a playable ship and a model in the game. And it was awesome. I remember, I think it was the first year. It was like, it was one of the best ships in the game. And it was, it was so cool. It was just so freaking cool. It's such a cool concept. I, you know, I grew up um, reading the books. So the expanded universe to me always appealed and just letting your mind get pulled into the rogue squadron series and like the idea of like the, the space battles and stuff with these cutthroat squadrons going at it, fighting against Thai elites, you know, because that's, that was the whole thing. Thai pilot veterans, like you either didn't make it very long or if you Mm -hmm. did, you were a God, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was like, it was so cool. And the video games let you live it. And that was what was really amazing to me. And that's, that's one thing that I'm excited about because, uh, that is that is one that I can control a little bit easier because you can't really control outside influences on your kids as far as what they hear. Like I'm, I'm glad you got to go through that with, uh, with your son. I'm killing myself. The child, the, the child, the child. No, but um, the books. Like I can I can sit down with Ben as he f- reads about Thrawn for the first time and is amazed at what could have been yeah Star well, what, what universe. Still could be what could be you know absolutely I mean, he's but it's, again, so. yeah but it's just it's uh it's those those little things those those nuggets out there that have yet to be you know kind of plucked and handed down i still have those those waiting in the back pocket and can't wait to share those. yeah man same because like i've tried to sit down to read him non-picture books for for bedtime and he's just he's not there oh yeah but Wait. i have i have a whole i have a whole wall of just Ooh. expanded universe waiting, mm-hmm. literally waiting in the wings. Phil, have, yes, you, sir. have you done the, uh, I don't know what the modern day version is. If they'd have one, maybe you have to go to eBay to find the copy, but have you done the audio tape read along books where it does the ding and you flip the page and you over? flip the page. No, yes, I remember my empire. They, we were digging in the garage show. It's probably a year ago. And they found my empire strikes back tape. I, yeah. I, Cause it was just thrown in a box with some toys. I don't know where the book is, but we've got the tape and Ben was listening to it. So. Uh, my games, the first one that popped into mind was uh, not as like my favorite, but I just remember it. The star Wars, 1991 video game. Uh, I had to look it up to match the graphics with what I remembered for um, the NES. Yeah. For the NES. And I remember playing that with my dad. But I think the earliest one that I really enjoyed on my own was Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. You know, so look, this way. NES game <laughs> Holy is shit. nothing, right. nothing like the goddamn movie. Yeah. And I couldn't love it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, you start out as, as R2 going through the sand, the, the Jawa sand crawler trying to get uh, 3PO back. Yeah. Right? It, what? All right. I guess that's cool. And I rented it from local West Coast video so often that, like, it's not a good game, but I, I was good at it. I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, and I always just treasure, you know, the first two NES games, Empire and, and the original, and then the Super. Super. The Super series. Mm-hmm is really good and and unfortunately i i didn't get to experience those until later in life 
Uh, what was the other one you said though, Charles? Knights of the Old Republic is the yeah, first one I came to as yeah, like coach, a, absolutely, an yep. older absolutely. teen slash college. I don't remember when I first approached it, but that one, that one, I felt like a part of the the universe there. Knight, yeah, yeah, man. So Knights I'm gonna I'm gonna blow everybody's minds. I have owned Kotor for a long time and have not yet played it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow! I have owned it since like 2013 on Steam, and I have not yet sat down and uh, played it. Don't oh. you have a phone? It's on phone. I bought <laughs> it for my phone. Yeah. Uh, I think part of that is just uh, I, I tried to play it back in 2013, and because it was a little dated at that time, I was like. But I have Swotor and all this other stuff that I could, uh, and I got distracted and never went back to it. I want to one of these days. I am going to revisit it and actually play through it because everybody praises it. And I know Kotor 2 is not as good, but it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Here, here, um, I, got, I got a concept to throw at you. Spinoff. Yeah. Crash Test Pilots to Video Game Editions. <laughs> <laughs> play the first, play the first hour, hour of every game. Oh God! With or without with with or without tutorials, do those count? Some of those get <laughs> some of those get really sketchy with tutorials. That's true. Nicole has a hard no in chat. Uh, you mentioned in chat, Charles, uh, Force Unleashed. Yeah. Yes. So that game is kind of divisive, right? Some people really like it, and some people don't like it at all. I had fun with it. I remember playing yeah. through it and just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I, I love the first one. I absolutely I, love the first one. I still can't believe that they didn't base the art on Sam Wentworth, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Wentworth is, yeah. Yeah. Like, because he looks just like him. And they're like, no, no, no. We just, we kind of came up with it out of the, like, no. It lo- no, you didn't. Yeah. It yeah. looks like yeah. this dude. You were watching Prison it Break, looks you asshole. Just like this dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, like, I just, that game was fun. It was different. It was fun. I know it's not a perfect game. I know that it's, presence in the lore is contested at this point but it was i enjoyed it i think it was a nice entry it came along at the right time i i would like to see, i think i haven't gotten to sit down and play the latest game yet which is sitting right over here because simkin loaned it to me sorry simkin i will get to it maybe i'll <laughs> no, play well. it on stream next week or something oh i will i'd have to pry myself away from animal crossing uh i i love the fact that that game did so well though because it finally proved that we could return to a story-based single-player experience. People care about that with Star Wars. They don't just want online multiplayer. They yeah. want good stories told in the universe that make sense, and it did so. So, What, I, what was I'm the ex- name of that one again? Fallen uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> I, I'll take that chance. Um, yep. <laughs> but, I mean, talking about terrible terrible games i mean when i got shadows of the empire right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a great that that game i enjoyed a lot because you're not playing as anybody that you know you're playing dash rendar Mm -hmm. not only that there's a book that comes with it right there's there's a there's a whole so like i i had the game i had the book and it was just like yeah, this isn't that great, but oh my god, do I love every minute of it and, and what's going on here with this. So uh, I, I just, uh, I love the heck out of it. And then my last game that I, I really enjoyed the heck out of was uh, you, Charles, you asked if there was anything good that came out of the prequels, and I will say the Super, uh, the N64 Pod Racer yeah. video game. 
That was fun. I loved the hell out of it. And there was a PC port hear... for it later. And there's there's a Switch version coming, and I I can't wait for it because it just it hit me at that right right time and and I I, I love the hell out of it. So I'm I'm excited even though it sits no more than three feet away from me to be able to play that on the switch and, and be just as bad as I was back in the <laughs> early nineties or late nineties at it. Yeah. You know, it's one thing that I really liked about star Wars in video games is they, they were able to do the same thing that they did in print. They took, they, they took characters that you knew and they uh-huh. gave you video games about them. They gave you concepts that you were under, you understood like Jedi and Sith. They made video games around them. They built the lore right they built yeah, the worlds yeah and then they could still take those things like you're talking about with, with dash rendar with the republic commando game like things that you don't really a point of view that you weren't ready for yet a concept that you weren't ready for yet but it, it was a great game well so republic i don't want to say great the experience was great for me um, because it, it built that lore. It was world building. It was putting you inside the mask of clone trooper armor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's these these different perspectives and a way to world build. So you're, I, I really think that for shitty as Star Wars fans can be, we're pretty empathetic because you have to be to go through all these different experiences that the 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 Star Wars creators are more than willing to put you in. You know. Yeah. Yep. To that point. Uh, it, it broke my heart that they basically eliminated all the canon from the books. I loved reading most of the books or a lot of the books that were out there. Shut the fuck up, Charles. <laughs> thanks, thanks for finally getting on the train. <laughs> a little too fucking late. I didn't do it. It's not like I got rid of the canon. Uh, I, I really I feel like know. you told us to shut up about it once or no. twice. <laughs> Well, I, I know. Okay. So <laughs> I've taken the position in the past that I understood why Disney did what they did, even though I love the, the expanded universe stuff. Cause I, I, I owned like 20 of the books and I read others from my friends and stuff. I grew up in that stuff. Definitely got hazed in school for reading star Wars books in class. Like I didn't care in junior high and stuff. Uh, but now that we've seen the completion of the Skywalker saga and we've seen the ninth film, in yeah, they, they, they dropped the ball in a big way. They lost the magic that they used to have. And it's a real shame now to look back and see that they killed the, the expanded universe canon because yeah. it's it, what they've lost out of stubbornness and what they went with instead is mind boggling. It's, it's, it's a little bit appalling. Like these last couple films have just been, it started out promising. Like I still think Force Awakens showed some promise and I think there's good stuff in there and I still love The Last Jedi, but how they decided to finish this all out just lacked complete imagination, which was always on display in the expanded universe. Yeah. Always. Like the the, the way the expanded universe found ways to keep the empire relevant and interesting and do different things, how to keep the the smuggling and bounty hunter underworld relevant and interesting, all of that stuff. Like those writers found ways to, to flesh out the world and craft stories in different corners of it and keep it compelling without disrupting the main narrative. And this, these, these last three films collectively couldn't even maintain a narrative, let alone not disrupt the prior narrative. 
it's yeah. it's really unfortunate how it all mm. came to end. But that's not what Phil asked. We're talking about what we love. No, but but he's also reiterating like he loved the yeah. Um, yeah. he loved the 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 extended universe and and is just upset about why they scrapped it. I mean, they killed Chewbacca in the extended universe, so yeah. that's, that's and how been... imp- how impactful was yeah. that? Like, and I mean, just the story progression that went along that came from that one pivotal death. Yep, the, the relationships that we saw tested you know and almost broken at times it's it, it, wow so <laughs> real my last quick question or just piece i wanted to ask was except for the thrawn trilogy do you guys have a piece of uh extended universe that that you enjoy a lot the dreadnought oh, yes the dreadnought novel where where they kind of they stole from that a little bit with last jedi with that that fucking armada bullshit he pulled out at the end but that that dreadnought book where one yeah, jedi right. could command an entire force of ships yeah the the black fleet crisis right yeah yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, that's yeah. god that's mine yeah, yeah um, that, that was a good book i had that yeah, yeah. i for me it's going to be the, the republic uh republic and imperial commando saga okay uh those that the, those five books um those will always sit on my shelf right next to my thrawn books because that just karen travis doing some of the finest star wars building world building oh you paul for for me it's the rogue squadron series an eventual race squadron sorry phil those goddamn nine books in the 90s man they were fucking lit that's mine i mean that's exactly mine stackpole takes wedge antilles who is a, a side bit character in the films who's there. He's in the all yeah. he's there in the whole trilogy, but a side bit character and turns him into the, the leader of a squadron, a myth, a, a motley crew squadron of elite pilots in commandos. And they just do incredible shit. And he eventually becomes, you know, general wedge mm-hmm. Antilles. And like, it becomes, it's just it's an incredible arc and i haven't read all of them i've read the first few and they were just i remember reading them and just being like pulled in by the characters pulled in by their relationships uh pulled in like the fact that bacta was a resource that they were fighting over at one point Mm -hmm. and it was in short supply that was fascinating to me i was like yeah this is the stuff that heals them this is what makes like saves luke skywalker's life in the film the only reason he gets to walk around after he gets horrifically mauled multiple times is because of Bacta. And it's like, it's, it's this life-saving substance that, and it's just like, that's what they went to for the story. They said, there's this thing that heals people and it only comes from a couple of places. And there's, you know, these entities that are in control of it. We're in conflict with them. I was like, holy shit, that is, that's real. It's so real. And then the character work was just incredible. And the, mm-hmm. the dog fights were exciting. Like the concept of uglies. Yeah. That, that smugglers and other riffraff would take starfighter parts and just like they'd strap TIE fighter wings to an X-wing fuselage or vice versa. And they'd come at full blown X-wings and other fighters with them and like try to take them out. It was, it was so crazy that it like in my mind, I was like, where can I find some models to just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and you get in that, 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 uh, that tabletop, that most recent tabletop gave us uglies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, ah, love them. So, so we other, didn't get to 
touch yeah. on it at all, and we're not going to. But I mean, <laughs> shout out to the cartoons of yeah. of mm-hmm. the fucking Clone Wars and and, and Rebels. Really, uh, just really. Dave Filoni. Man, it's it's been wonderful. So, Charles, you were about to say? Uh, I was going to ask you, Phil, that I know Paul stole yours. Was there another one? No, man. He, there's everything that he just gotcha. fucking got on his box about and, and fucking sang to the world. It's yeah. wonderful. Well, on that note, we're going to be out. So, real quick, what's the what's the quick humble bundle and then the special PlayStation uh, hit for Oh uh, Yeah, we've got two quick bundles to talk about that just came out. Uh, 2K Games put out a Game Together bundle. The top tier gets you uh, Civ, Civ 3 complete, XCOM Enemy Unknown complete, Borderlands and Borderlands 2 complete. It also gives you NBA 2K20 and WWE 2K20, which are terrible games, but they're part of it. The Bioshock collection as well at the 1280 tier right now. That's the beat the average. Uh, there's a golf game in here. Uh, NBA 2K Playgrounds 2, Spec Ops The Line, Darkness 2. There's a couple other games. It's a great thing to at least look at. It might be up your alley. Uh, I mean, the, the collections, though, in that the XCOM, the Bioshock, and then the two Borderlands games are just, if you haven't played them yet, it's incredible. There's also a Warhammer 40K ebook bundle. I've run through it in the prior couple episodes, so you could probably go listen to that. But basically, there's over for 20 books if you buy the top tier at $15 or more. And these books, particularly Dan Abnett, is always held in high regard. Uh, the fans of the franchise are big fans. And by the way, we found out recently that Henry Cavill is into the Warhammer universe because he was painting minis and painting. posting on Instagram this past week. And so the the Games Workshop fans of the world were like, yes, one of us, one of us. Uh, There's also a big uh, space game, Lost in Space sale, up to 75% off on some games. Some of the prices are better than others. You can check that out. Sony just announced that they have this PlayStation Play at Home initiative. Uh, Tonight, we're recording on April 15th. Tonight, after 11 Eastern, I screwed that up in a prior show, by the way. I apologize. 11 Eastern, you'll be able to grab the Nathan Drake collection and Journey for free through the PlayStation Network. If you have a PlayStation 4, you can go grab them, add them to your account. You can download them now. You can download them later. You will own them forever. No strings attached. You don't have to be a PS Plus subscriber. You don't have to have an active subscription to access them like you do PS Plus games that you've gotten in prior months. That you will just own them. I have seen that there might be a little bit of a conflict if you have them from PS Plus, but you could also just throw it on another account or something if you run into that issue because you can always start a new account or whatever. So, yeah, Nathan Drake Collection is an awesome grab for free. Journey is a fantastic artistic adventure game that you should give a chance to, even if you only run through it once just to see it. It's a beautiful experience, it's a wonderful game. Uh, big props to Sony for doing something like this because they don't have to, but they are, and it is it, the value is just there. Uh, and as a reminder, if you use our link, tiny.cc/btpchoice, right, all lowercase, all one word, tiny.cc/btpchoice, yeah, it'll take you to the humble monthly choice page. But then for the next forty-eight hours, anything you click on on humble bundle and you buy it supports the show and it supports the charity at the same time and that's why we do the humble hit at the end of every recording so thanks i hope you enjoyed the snack size bite-sized pieces we brought to you this week check your podcatcher for the other three pieces if you missed them and we'll be back next week with some more awesome shenanigans breaking the panel is the flagship podcast on the giant size team up network 
You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com.